Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to The Haunted Collection with your host, writer, paranormal investigator, and haunted collector Kevin Kane, back to bring you more chilling tales of ghostly encounters. As always, before we get started, I'd like to invite you to my website, myhaunteddolls.com. Christmas is just around the corner, so it would be a great place to shop for that paranormal lover in your life. All of my books that I've written and published are out there, and you can get your autographed copy today. I do ship priority, so it will come to you fast before the holiday. And I have all the books out there at a discounted price. So please go out there and check it out. Also, you can follow the link to my YouTube channel or just go to My Haunted Dolls. Actually, it's youtube.com forward slash C, like cat, forward slash My Haunted Dolls. And you can watch the videos of my evidence, my live shows, and some of the stories behind the items in my collection. Please be sure to check that out. Every Tuesday night, I do a live show combined with Abnormal Alabama. So come on out and watch our shenanigans and hear our creepy tales and abnormal stories. And while you're at it, give Abnormal Alabama a like. It is Thanksgiving evening as I record this episode. I didn't want to go too much longer in posting a new episode. I thought, what the heck, I'll just come here on Thanksgiving night. Because, you know, the holiday season, Thanksgiving and Christmas, families get together and share a meal and uh, have a good time. Part of that, at least in the past and hopefully in the present, people would share stories sitting around the table, the fireplace, or on the front or back porch. Tales of family, tales of, of comical things, but... Ghost stories have a great place in that. And tonight I want to share a ghost story of my own, something I experienced from my old childhood neighborhood. So sit back and enjoy this story. This is called The Cecil House. And I want to say before I start that the names of the the house and the people involved have been changed for the protection of the living and the dead. (laughs) So sit back and enjoy. Mr. and Mrs. Cecil were a nice, quiet, elderly couple who were loved by all of the neighbors and lived in a pretty blue home just that down the street from my house. The main street of the neighborhood dead-ended in a circle, and their house was one of three sitting in that circle, or cul-de-sac as we call it today. They had two sons who were already grown when I was born. Both boys married and quickly moved away with their families to different parts of the country. Mr. and Mr. Cecil remained in the neighborhood and their home. 
though their boys had moved on. I am sure neither of them felt lonely for the presence of children, since the rest of us neighborhood kids kept them in great company. They literally opened up their home to us. We kids used to ride bikes up and down the main street and around the cul-de-sac outside the Cecil home. Mrs. Cecil would sit in her rocking chair inside their front door. From the street, we could see her in there sitting in her rocker. Their front door had a screen door on it, so she'd open the wooden door, sit in her rocker, and watch us through the screen door. As soon as we tired, she called us in for fresh lemonade and cookies. She always loved to have the girls come visit and help her cook and bake. The aromas of those fresh baked cookies, apple pies, bread and cakes, wafting from her screen door into the street, quickly turned the mouth into a waterfall. Like rats to a Pied Piper, we quickly lost track of what we were doing and were completely lured in. No woman could outcook my own mother as far as I was concerned, but Mr. Cecil certainly ran a close second place. Mr. Cecil owned a fishing boat, which he kept under the carport. He kept it covered under a blue tarp to keep the weather away, but whenever we boys wanted to play fisherman, he'd happily uncover it, allow us to hop on board, and let our imaginations run wild. The boat was always kept clean, its fiberglass sparkling. My friends and I loved to pretend to be Ahabs, tracking great whales, or sailors in peril, fighting off giant ravenous sharks. Mr. Cecil took his seat in a nearby lawn chair and watched us for the longest time as he laughed and enjoyed the fire show. I and a childhood friend named Chris took pleasure in many things a normal red-blooded American boy would regularly enjoy. One of those things was playing with matches. Many times we snuck off somewhere out of sight of our parents, which was usually in the woods behind our homes, and we'd take branches and leaves and make small piles. We'd then whip out the matches we'd snuck out of the house, light them on fire, and watch them burn. These were usually small fires that we'd stamp out rather quickly so as to keep from spreading. The edge of Chris's yard met with the edge of Mr. Cecil's yard since they lived right next door to each other. At the far end corner where the two yards ended at the edge of the woods was a small gully that gently sloped into the woods. One Saturday afternoon, Chris and I snuck a pocket full of matches out there and slid down into the gully out of sight. Piling some leaves and small branches together, we lit a fire. As usual, we kept it small. However, we did not pay close enough attention to the kudzu growing nearby.
Alabama is known for its kudzu, a thick, leafy, vine-like plant that grows along the ground and hillsides and can even grow up over small buildings and houses if not tended to properly. It grows along like a thick carpet and can choke other plants to death, practically swallowing them whole. Kudzu grew along one of the sides of that gully. All it took was one hit of flame blowing toward the kudzu in the breeze, and the whole mess on that side of the gully lit up in a blaze. Mr. Cecil happened to be in his kitchen at the time and saw the inferno from his window. Taking quick action, he ran out his back door, grabbed his garden hose, cranked the water on full blast, and ran to the edge of the yard, dragging that hose along with him. Taking aim with the gun attached to the end of his hose, he squeezed the trigger and blasted the flames with a cold, sharp spray. The fire quickly came under control and soon died under the ammunition from the hose. Mr. Cecil helped us out of the gully as our parents came running to see what happened. Chris and I were very grateful for Mr. Cecil and his quick heroics. Chris and, all, Chris and I also had much trouble sitting down for a few weeks after the punishment bestowed on us by our parents for almost setting fire to the neighborhood. But you see, the Cecils really cared about the children in the community and loved having them around their home. Mr. Cecil also kept a tent pitched in his backyard so that we could play inside and even camp out. The tent was yellow in color and just the right size to hold all of us neighbor kids and sometimes we'd even get in in daylight and just pretend it was night out and that we were camping out in the woods. We'd tell each other scary stories and each would try to outspook the others. One of us kids would even go outside the tent and pretend to be a big grizzly bear growling and clawing at the outside ready to eat the campers within. We had many great times with that tent. Early one spring, Mr. Cecil passed away, and we missed seeing her there in her home, rocking and watching us play. We also missed the smells of her cooking that had become such a warm part of our community. Mr. Cecil left his wife's rocker right where it always sat, just inside the front door of their home, so that we could still see it from the street whenever we passed by, and his door was opened. Through the front screen door, we saw her empty rocker resting there, looking quite lonesome without its occupant. This would not last for long. Every once in a while, when we were playing out there, and Mr. Cecil left his wooden front door open, we'd catch a glimpse of a figure sitting in that rocker through the screen door as we rode by on our bikes. Upon stopping, backing up, and looking straight at it, we'd find the rocker 
was empty. Then there were times when it would be empty, but slowly rocking back and forth on its own. This did not scare us as we loved Mrs. Cecil dearly and believed this to be her spirit, still enjoying watching our play. Mr. Cecil was not the only one to pay that house a visit after death. One of the Cecil's sons lived out in California with his family. Long after Mr. Cecil's death, Mr. Cecil left on a trip to California to visit the family for a week. He left his house locked tight, but his tent pitched for us in the backyard in case we still wanted to play in it while he was gone. A few days after he left for California, we were out there playing around the tent when we noticed his back door was standing wide open when it was closed and locked tight before. One of the kids ventured over to the back door and peered in. He didn't see anyone inside. Wondering if Mr. Cecil had maybe returned, he called out through the screen door. Mr. Cecil, is that you? I thought you were in California. An eerie disembodied voice answered him, I am. Needless to say, we all made a hasty retreat from that backyard, leaving the tent behind. An older teenage boy named Danny, who was an older brother of one of the said kids, decided he was bold enough to go over there into Mr. Cecil's house and check it out, in case there might have been a break-in. We watched him go inside the back door, which was still open. No more than 60 seconds passed, and he was back out that door in a rush. He did not stop running until he made it back inside his own house. We hurried there because we definitely wanted to find out what was going on, what had happened inside that house. When we got there to Danny's house, and after he'd calmed down a bit, catching his breath... He told us that, while in Mr. Cecil's house, he could hear footsteps and quick movements coming from further within the house. And when a dark shadow figure suddenly rushed down the main hallway toward him, Danny knew it was time to get out. One of the parents, after hearing this, went over to investigate before calling the police because they figured this was just the imagination of young children. After a thorough search of the house, they did not hear or find anything. Now here, here, dear listener, is the chilling part. The morning of that same exact day, before all of this transpired, maybe just a few hours before. 
Mr. Cecil passed away in his son's home in California. you enjoyed my tale you may not believe me that this actually happened but I was there and I saw it and heard I saw the fear in the eyes of the children and Danny after they'd heard and witnessed this but I feel like Mr. Cecil was just there checking his house and saying a final goodbye and uh, just as a side note as far as we know nothing else creepy ever happened there after the new family moved in, or at least, not that they ever told us. <laughs> well, I'm not sure if you can hear it in my voice, but I've been fighting off allergies for the past week, so my voice isn't as quite as good as it normally is. So I'm going to go ahead and end the episode here. But again, please go out to myhaunteddolls.com and check out my store. Shop, shop, shop. It's almost time for Christmas. And as always, have a chilling time. Have a wonderful rest of the Thanksgiving holiday weekend. Enjoy those stories around the fireplace and be sure to share some ghostly ones. And as always, have a happy haunting. (laughs) 